best duck hunt ever. You may not expecting that sentence as the beginning of an ordination sermon from me of all people, but there it is. It's the beginning because it's about the best Arkansas analogy I know of to describe the big event in today's reading from the book of Numbers. In the story, there's all the religious stuff that precedes the duck hunt. The Spirit of God resting on the chosen elders and how they prophesy, which is why I think the lectionary editors like this lesson for this day. People chosen by God have been raised up for ministry in the community. Now, we can guess that a relatively self-important member of the clergy wrote that part of the original story. But then we get to what I think is the main event. Quail come flying in so abundantly that the story says that they are three feet deep as far as the eye can see. When the people begin gathering them, the least that anyone collects as far as a middle-of-the-road definition of a measure of capacity of something called a homer goes, well, what the least is that they collect is 10 bushels of birds per person. Now, my dad went quail hunting for years with his faithful Brittany Spaniel, and I think that the most I ever saw him come home with was four quail. And I know that here in Arkansas, we've got limits on the number of ducks that one can kill each day. And some years, it's hard to find anywhere near the limit if the rains haven't come and the weather's too warm and the ducks have no place where they want to rest for the night in Arkansas. The legal limit is often aspirational, not confining. But 10 bushels of birds per person, it's such an amazing gift. Although the lectionary editors may like the spirit of prophecy part, I like the quail story. You see, the spirit of prophecy part of this particular story is that we take people already chosen as leaders and then expect that God's gifts are going to descend on them. Today's analogy is the people assembled here to be ordained. They've been through the process of discernment in local congregations and diocesan committees and then in educational settings, and now they get hands laid on them to do the work of a priest. But quail coming in to cover the earth. That's the amazing and shocking story. That's the miracle. Everybody in the community, prepared or not, seen as leaders among the people or not, gets the gift of food in great abundance. I bet that a self-important cleric did not write that part of the original story. If there's ever a story of grace, then this is it. If there's ever a story of gift without merit, then this is it. I don't want the talk of priesthood this day to be about how the previously identified leaders of Israel were called into the presence of God's tent and how that event is analogous with what's happening today as the church ordains a new batch of priests. I had to smile a bit when I looked at the order of service and saw the title of today's introit, Ecce Sacerdos Magnus, Behold a Great Priest. That sounds more like elders in the tent of the presence than it does of quail on the ground. 
I can with some reliability assure those of you being ordained today that a few years from now you're not going to be asked as part of a job interview if you got an A or B in your systematic theology class. You're not going to be asked how well you did on the general ordination examination. You're not going to be asked if your ordination was appropriately grand enough. But you will be asked either directly or inferentially about God's grace. You'll be asked about how you will be an effective pastor among your people. People who often hurt. You'll be asked how that you as a priest by word and deed will proclaim God's love in a strange and often difficult world. Your role as priest will to be become as exemplar and storyteller of grace. How will you deal with the fact that there are three feet of quail on the ground waiting to be gathered? It's an important question. God's grace is harder to deal with than we might imagine. When we read further on in the story of the book of Numbers, we discover that a lot of people died because they couldn't handle the gift they had been given. They choked on the quail that they selfishly ate. In fact, they ended up naming the cemetery where they were buried the Graveyard of Craving. It sounds that as if with even ten bushels apiece, they ended up wanting more for themselves. 21st century greed wrapped in an Old Testament story. That's a truth that's not fake news. This story is told again and again, this story of the difficulty of gracefully acknowledging grace. In the gospel today, Jesus heals the blind and the mute. And the response of the religious officials is that Jesus is a demoniac. As an aside, that story's got some real-life implications as we talk about health care in this election cycle. And in the letter to the Philippians, we've got two church members, Euodia and Syntyche, who are in this nascent church that has experienced resurrection as the great gift of God, that is to see others as members of the body of Christ, and they appear to be quarreling so badly that they can't get along with one another. Paul asks for more gracious behavior. A lot of us cannot handle the gift of God's grace, the gift of God's love that is scattered about waist deep regardless of merit. Grace can be overwhelming. To be a priest is sometimes to take on the form of Jesus and navigate this world of difficult to understand grace and be called a demoniac. Because we proclaim that the right order of things is for the blind to be seen by the sighted and for those made mute by the powerful finally to be heard. And for the hills and valleys to be leveled so that the constructs of this world, such as our economies, will no longer hide us one from another. To be a priest is sometimes to take on the form of Paul who keeps calling the quarreling back into relationships so that the constructs of this world, such as our politics, will no longer separate us. To be a priest is to become exemplar and storyteller of grace. And there is not a time more important than right now 
when such priests are needed. Now, to those of you being ordained today, I've got no idea how your individual vocations as priests will turn out. I only know, as one priest said to me this week in my office, it's been both more wonderful and more difficult than I imagined. And that priest was right. To come to understand and to live into grace as an ordained person, to live into the power of our of gift, to change how we feel about ourselves and about others, that's wonderful. But simultaneously to live into grace when we are religious professionals is often difficult. Simply look at those religious professionals who watched Jesus heal people. But I am confident to the five of you being ordained that you can do so. After all, I believe in resurrection. I believe in the truth that we are now the members of the body of Christ. And we will proclaim in a few minutes that God pours God's gifts upon God's people in order to build up that very body. Those gifts are indeed great, like quail covering the ground. Your call will be to see that there's food for all. Amen.